Today's gospel presents us with the first prediction of Jesus' passion. And Peter balks at this very mention to deny oneself and to take up the cross. Well, just last week, Jesus was praising Peter's faith, and he was being called rock. Now he is being called, in Greek, scandalon, a stumbling block or a stone because he understands nothing of the reality and mystery of God's designs for both Jesus and for us. Jesus is telling his followers that if we wish to be a follower, we must deny our very selves and follow him. What does it mean to deny one's very self? To deny someone is literally to disown them. Think about what Peter did to his good friend Jesus when he was in the garden there, when Jesus was in captivity. I don't even know the man. To deny ourselves is to say, I no longer even think about myself. I no longer take myself into account. So following Jesus can be summarized as follow. Whoever has accepted the call to follow Jesus implies doing what Jesus did, suffering and the cross. So a disciple is to get behind Jesus and follow him to Jerusalem. And of course, the truth of the matter is we struggle with this greatly and this reality in our lives. So today's gospel, Jesus teaches us that the cross is a part of our lives, whether we want it or not. And what matters is how we face it. He encourages us to practice self-detachment. Remember, everything that we have in life is a gift from God. No matter how often we try to accumulate things and ensure our comfort, oftentimes things happen from preventing this. If there was ever a stark lesson of this in life, it was the harsh lesson this week of Hurricane Harvey devastating such a huge path on the Gulf Coast, leaving thousands upon thousands with absolutely nothing. There have been so many heart-wrenching stories, those who have lost everything, and at the same time, heart-lifting stories of those who left everything to assist their fellow man. I'm sure you've watched so many of these stories as I have. One that really touched me was a story of an older couple um, who was able to stay in their home absolutely almost this whole week until the very end of the week. Flood didn't come until the very end. They said that they had lived in their home for over 35 years. They had lived through countless storms, tornadoes, everything. They thought they were going to make it through this, 
But at last the flood came, and yes, it took their home. They were lucky. Their nephew came to their rescue, found them, came to them. Apparently his home was not flooded, so they then were able to go to his home and stay with them. So many are asking, how am I going to move forward from here? And of course, it's only going to be with the assistance of people like you and I, countless fellow Americans that are going to be able to step up and do something that will be able to help these people to move forward. It's going to take a long, long time. We know that. In her biography, Dorothy Day, founder of the Catholic Worker Movement, in her biography, The Long Loneliness, she speaks about a moment in her life which was shortly after her conversion to Catholicism. She was an atheist before this. She went through a very, very difficult time. She had just given birth to her daughter. She decided to have her daughter baptized as well. She decided to end her relationship with the man that she was just living with. And so suddenly she found herself alone in the world. All the supports that she had cut off. She had no money. She had no job. She had few friends. No longer did she have the companionship of the man that she thought she loved. So she stumbled on and things were not getting better in her life. Not knowing what to do, she got on a train in New York and went down to Washington, D.C. and spent a day in prayer at the National Shrine of Our Lady. There she describes how she laid bare her soul before God, her doubts and all of her fears. In essence, she writes, she said, I've given up everything that ever supported me and trust to you, and I have nothing now to hold on to. You need to do something for me, God. I can't hold on much longer. She was biblically speaking, so to say, in the desert, helpless, overwhelmed. As with Jesus in the desert, God sent angels to minister to her. She caught a train, went back to New York. And as she was walking back to her apartment, she stumbled upon a man by the name of Peter Morin. The rest is history. Together they founded what is called the Catholic Worker, the Catholic Worker Movement, which is still in existence, of course, today. Of course, Dorothy Day is being considered now for sainthood. It's never easy when we're stripped of all that normally nourishes and supports us. But precisely, oftentimes, because we're stripped of everything that we normally rely upon, these are the privileged moments of God's grace. This is the moment of God's closeness to us. So always look to God in these kinds of moments in your life. Know that God is near. Our church has said that there should be a crucifix 
that always hangs above our altars. The crucifix is a depiction of humiliation, of torture, pain, and death. Remember what Jesus says in the gospel today, whoever wishes to follow after me must deny your very self, take up your cross, and follow me. With his arms outstretched between heaven and earth, Christ reconciled us to God and bridged the great gulf between sin and God. So if we want to go over that bridge and make our way to eternal life, the only thing that can make us truly happy is for us to pass through this cross in the footsteps of Christ. We must follow the footsteps of suffering, self-denial, and difficulty. We may have to lose the whole world, like the saints and martyrs, in order to gain truly abundant life. Suffering is not a popular message today in the world of what we call the selfie. Did you see this week, here in Columbus, what's supposed to be the, the latest iconic image of our city. It's down at the convention center. It's a 3D selfie that you can now take. It's, you know, like huge and gigantic. There's nothing like it in the whole world. That's why it's going to be our iconic image, a selfie that you can take of yourself. and You kind of become this huge sculpture, okay, of yourself. Huge, big, okay? God chooses for us a different way. Our hearts are transformed, not through a selfie, but through suffering and death and humility. Suffering is the fire that purifies our hearts of selfishness. It's like the oven that cooks the saints. The great St. Augustine, whose feast we celebrated just a couple days ago, said, There is more courage in a man who faces rather than flees the storms of life. You see that again this week in all the people down in Texas who are going back to their homes and getting at it. St. Margaret of Mary said, Trust in the goodness of the Lord and in the crosses he sends you. He will never abandon you, for he knows how to draw good from our ills and his glory from our trials. At times like Job, we find ourselves rebelling against the suffering from God instead of trying to find its hidden meaning. Yes, they can be lonely, dark times full of temptation and sadness. But God promises that he will always be faithful to us. We are here to celebrate the Eucharist. God always promising to be with us, giving us always his strength in Holy Communion that we receive.